What is creativity? And what are its origins? And how do we access creativity in our lives? This podcast explores the intersection of creativity, imagination, and everyday life. At this crossroads, we experience wonder and magic, and if we're lucky, transformation. Welcome to the Quotidian. Welcome back to The Quotidian. I'm Bradley Dennis. I'm supposed to be talking about creativity on this podcast and specifically about how people are creative in their lives, but I don't feel like I've hit the mark. In fact, I feel like I've brought lots of different voices telling you about how they're creative and how creativity exists and what it means, but maybe not real specifics. So I thought that this might be a good time in this final episode before we take a break to look at some nuts and bolts about what we can actually do in our lives. Broadly, creativity means the act of creating. That may seem self-explanatory, but I think we need to unpack it a little bit because speaking uh, speaking a sentence itself is a creative act. I mean, is that what we're talking about? Are we splitting hairs when we talk about creativity or do we mean something inherently more? I think it's important to make a couple of distinctions. And first, the first being an assumption that we are all inherently creative. We can't help but be innovators on some level, right? Whether it's figuring out what to cook for dinner out of the random ingredients we find in our pantries or an epic poem or a giant canvas. Creativity implies a novelty on some order, on some spectrum. So perhaps we're looking at something a little more specific. Perhaps we want something more in line with an idea of creative energy. The term flow is very popular these days, and there's several highly visible salesmen offering ways to teach it and keep you in a perpetual state of flow. What they talk about are the specifics of dynamic signal processing, which sounds very convoluted and overly abstract, but what it really means is the ability to separate signal from noise, both in our heads and in the world, and to turn that into productive, meaningful information and a kind of blissed-out feeling of connection to ourselves and the world. And they ask for lots of money to teach you how to do that. So when we talk about this connection, we have to address attention. And attention implies perception. So to talk about connection, we have to talk about attention, which means we have to talk about perception. So convoluted. Is there an easier way to go? 
Well, I hope so, and I think that that's where we're all heading. So stay with me here. One of my favorite authors of late, uh, Bo Lotto, that's B-E-A-U-L-O-T-T-O, in his book, Deviate, he writes about perception. He writes, quote, delusion is an important tool for creating new and powerful perceptions because it allows us to change our brains and thus future perceptions from the inside. Uh, to paraphrase kind of some of his thesis, to become aware, we must become aware that we're usually unaware. And even in our most creative states where we're churning out innovative content and jamming with other musicians or creators, we're flowing with ideas and we're barely able to keep up with it, we're still encased in our own process. But in other words, creativity only appears creative from the outside. Uh, my favorite quote from the book is, the best technologies make the invisible visible. And in this case, I think the imagination is the best technology because that is ultimately where we build worlds, past, present, and future. It's where we build delusion as well as innovation. And what is innovation except a deviation from present normality? And how do we perceive normal? And the definition of normal is completely subjective. So what does, what does all this mean to you and me? Why do we sometimes struggle with the most basic daily functions? And on other days, we break through to incredible insights and plateaus of hyper-aware functionality. Is it just our physiology on any given day? Actually, that may have something to do with it. And there's a lot to say for optimal health of the organism to perform at our best, whether it's physical or mental. And I mean, what is mental, if not a highly specific aspect of our physiology? So it stands to reason that a highly functional creativity requires a highly functional physiology. And that begins with the breath. breath is the fuel for our mind. If you're not breathing, you're not living. Literally, and I would say figuratively as well. So if I'm going to leave you with anything for the next few weeks to really focus on, it would be to pay attention to your breathing. Certainly getting enough water is key to making sure that your cells are functioning prof uh, properly. But once that's achieved, breath is the life fuel. And breath is the, the movement on which we float. And it is breath that ultimately controls how we engage the world. So I'm going to give you a little exercise to try in times of stress. And perhaps you can do this at your desk when you're feeling tired, maybe first thing in the morning before you start your day, or at any point when you feel you need a little lift into a different gear. 
So begin sitting with your feet squarely on the floor, or if you're cross-legged, paying attention to how you're in contact with the ground or the cushion or wherever you are. Your abdomen's loose, your shoulders are relaxed, your head's balanced on top of your shoulders, and your hands placed in your lap or on your knees, relaxed, beginning by bringing your attention to your breath. Start there. Anytime your focus shifts to past or future events, make a note and gently guide your attention back to your breathing. Make an effort to breathe from as low in your torso as possible. Ideally, this is diaphragmatic breathing, which looks like the belly rising and falling with the breath. Much of our stress originates in tension, which we hold in various places in our bodies. And as you're breathing, scan for tension and allow the breath to fill those spots. And as you exhale, release it. This is not rocket science. So no judgment. There's thousands of meditation apps that focus on these things, but what I would like you to do that may be a little unusual, but not unique, is to smile as you do it. And don't look for a reason. I'm sure one will arise. Just put a gentle smile on your face, easy and calm. No need to impersonate the Joker with this. With each breath, the smile is more contented and more directed to yourself. Begin to see yourself as two selves, one breathing, doing the work of keeping the body alive, and a second body smiling, congratulating itself for the good job it's doing and for adapting to all the conditions it's had to endure up until this point. And with these two awarenesses going, the breather and the coach, let's call them, the coach assumes a benevolent air watching the thoughts fly in and out of the breather's awareness and gently guiding, coaching the breather to bringing that awareness back to the breath. And the breather, well, the breather <laughs> just does what the coach says. And if you can stay with this for five minutes, you've done great work. Ten minutes, the rest of your day will improve vastly. Fifteen minutes, there's very little that I can teach you you haven't discovered already in this short experiment. And even if it's just one minute, that's a good start. But here's the kicker. It's all temporary, right? You will at some point in the day experience a resurgence of tension and stress. And maybe it will land in a different part of your body. However, I want to remind you that this is available to you at any time. And the more you practice this, the more available the coach will be in helping the breather in the moment to re-engage with presence and awareness wherever you find yourself. Creativity, in the true sense that we've spoken about, can
can only come once we've engaged that sense of presence. Many of the practitioners of flow will tell you it requires a high degree of competency combined with optimal conditions. So let's talk about how to generate those optimal conditions. And first and foremost, it requires presence. Presence of mind, presence of body, presence with others, presence with the environment, a presence with our attention. We must track our attention, especially now. We must be able to guide it. We must be able to steer and pause our attention. We must be able to hold and nourish and support our attention. We must have an intimate connection with our attention because if we don't, someone else will steal it. And that is a disaster for creative work. We can only create when we are creating ourselves. And that requires our attention to be gently but firmly fixed on our processes, intermediate and internal. And the breathing exercise we just reviewed is one great way, no matter what you're doing, to bring that attention back home and under control. We give our attention away so freely these days. And if I were to choose a sponsor for this podcast, it would be for an app that reclaims your attention or helps you, such as the Freedom app or Leech Block or something like that. So you can intentionally curb your diet of those ingredients that cause your peace of mind the most harm. So that's what I would like to leave you with for the next few weeks is to focus on that sense of breath and presence and to find how that helps you and in what moments you require and rely on that sense of presence to be innovative and to get through difficult times. And speaking of peace of mind, I'm going to be taking a little break. I'm nearing the end of my quarter. Uh, term papers uh, have to be written. New interviews have to be conducted. And I'll be back at the beginning of March with all new content focused on bringing you stories of creative work and dynamic, attention-focused living. And hopefully some creative content of my own. I've really enjoyed the past 10 weeks and the conversations I've had and it seems to have brought some meaning and uh, new information to many of your lives and I'm grateful for that. I'm also aware that I've been sidelining my own creative process a little bit in the creation of this 
work. And so I'm looking to integrate the two in a way that's both meaningful to me and hopefully to an audience. So we'll see how that develops as time moves on. So as ever, thank you so much for being here and spending your time with me for the last 20 minutes or so. Please do stay in touch. Let me know how this work affects you. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear or hear from, I'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us at thequotidianpod.com and you can see the work that we're trying to do, at least on a regional level, here in North Carolina at carolinacommons.org. And as always, stay safe, stay present, breathe, and take care. What do we have in common? We breathe, we eat, we sleep, and we dream. We love, we cry, we fight, we make up, and we play. Play lets us discover new parts of ourselves. In play, we expand our potential. We feel safe. We trust. In that safety and trust, we experiment with what we can imagine. Better art, better us. A better world for ourselves, our families, our friends, our communities. Our shared humanity. A common good. That's what Carolina Commons does. We take the world away for a while to give people the chance to see new perspectives, to listen to new voices from others and from our own internal worlds before rejoining and participating in the world renewed. We help people, teams, and communities connect to their inherent creative voice and to re-envision the world. With new skills, new voices, and new visions, we can help one another create a better future. Visit www.carolinacommons.org to learn more about how you can take your imagination, innovation, and problem solving to the next level. Carolina Commons, uncommon creativity for all.